Good afternoon and welcome to another edition of Down the HR Rabbit Hole, brought to you by Impact HR and Crescent. My name is Rochelle Chatney, and I am a senior HCM and HR sales consultant for Crescent. Very excited about today's podcast. Um, I'm filling in for Sanders Offner, our fearless leader who was unable to be here today. Um, but we've been looking forward to this podcast and this guest all week. We have a great topic and amazing guest and expect some very riveting conversation today. First, I'm going to introduce you to, as always, our wonderful co-host, Philip Carrillo. Hello. Hi. I'm happy to be here as always. I'll just say that. Hi, Philip. So without further ado, Philip, please go ahead and introduce our guest for us. Sure. This week, as Rochelle said, we've got a wonderful guy here who um, Rochelle met in her job and her, in her role out in the community in New Orleans and Metairie. Um, he is Bill Gannon. He is the CEO of the Gannon Group, specializing in improving communication across all levels of an organization and to develop their interpersonal communication and presentation techniques. I could read on and on and on about this guy and his accolades and how he's won the moth competition, um, which is especially cool. Um, but Bill, I'd like to tell for you to tell us a little bit about why you're passionate about what you do um, and what your your product is. Thank you, Philip. I appreciate it. And thank you, Rochelle, for having me. Absolutely. I'm passionate about effective communication. I'm as an older gent at this point, and some would say you know, boomer, if you will. <laughs> it's my observation that technology is making us certainly more efficient communicators, and it most certainly is not making us more effective ones. Wow. And I'm hearing this with client after client that I speak with, in addition to just casual conversations that we have, Rochelle, with people through the chambers, that many of their younger folks coming out of university, even more established folks, let's call them the millennials, are having a very challenging time, especially coming out of COVID, to get back in front of their customers, their clients, their prospects. And I find that they're talking themselves into the fact that, well, people want to do text, mm -hmm. or people want to stay on Slack. They don't really want to have interpersonal communication, mm -hmm. of which I wholeheartedly disagree with I do too I right. see it I see I see it every day I see it through I mean you talk to people who have now 100% at home and they're missing my husband for instance he's missing that interpersonal communication that he used to have on the day-to-day -day. it's just not the same it absolutely isn't it absolutely isn't and if you want to play a game uh, for 5,000 years you go back to the pyramids and we can go way farther than that how have humans communicated Talking. Personally, face-to-face. Right. Yeah. -face. Do you realize for those thousands of years, and we're not going back to prehistoric and all that, we're just starting at the pyramids, for all of that time, the only thing that ever truly changed the game came in the 90s, in the 1990s, and that's when email hit. Hmm. Because for the first time, we're sending message instantly, and therefore you're expected to respond instantly, and we speed up all of our communication process, but we're not designed to be reacting that fast to communication. 
5,000 years of DNA tells us otherwise, that we should be talking, having time to receive it, let me get back to you, or good listening skills. These are all suffering mm -hmm. as technology has sped us up. Wow, suffering, my goodness. <laughs> you know, so, so many uh, of us would feel like we've got everything at our fingertips. We've got Facebook, we've got interconnectedness to all of our friends all over the world. And I think it, most of us wouldn't imagine that we're less effective in our communication as a result of that. I, I think we would all think, oh man, it's so, we're, we've arrived. We've got everything we need to be effective communicators, but it's exactly the opposite, it sounds like. Well, socially, let's talk about social media. One thing is true. We do, and most people agree with this, social media is designed inherently as a positive reflection of myself. Not too many people show the dark underside. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. Absolutely. And so I'm really struggling, right? Yeah. I'm, I've been fired. You do get it on LinkedIn, it's a job change. And you'll get it in certain, you'll get in certain elements. But for the most part, you will have a situation where it's always the rosy side, it's always the positivity. And I don't think that's really true human communication. That's, that's kind of the, if you will for a minute, the depression pharmaceutical ads you see with the person holding the sign up in front of their face that looks like a smile, but inside they're not. Social media is kind of designed to give that effect. So I would challenge anyone who says that social media is where I get all my communicating done is, is that really where it's? Mm -hmm. Or is that just what you want people to see? Yeah. yeah. Are you really having that kind of meaningful exchange? Yeah. That's a concern. So a lot of speed with email. Looking up Google became an instant. Social media gave us kind of a paper towel roll to look through instead of a windshield, right? We used to look at the world a little bit more in a wider purview. Now we look at it a lot more like this because it's only what I want to see. And if you're in my way, get out of my way. So that is adding to the same issue of our why our conversations are a lot harder to have. Mm -hmm. So coming back to the Gannon Group, this is what we train, not necessarily to fix that particular issue, but to try to remind folks that the brain is still wired for communication, and by doing the right things verbally and physically, you can get the other person to open up and actually have a good conversation. And that's when sales and executive management gets a lot more fun, yeah. when you're getting true communication. Yeah, we tell um, our HR customers all the time that great culture is, of course, always the goal, right? I mean, a great culture is a safe culture for everyone. It's an inclusive culture. It's a, it's a productive culture and so on. It's all of those things. It's an innovative culture. A great culture is just that. But how on earth do you get there? It's your real practical tactics and steps. It's never, and, and it's always, um, around the issue that you're that you're coming to 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 develop the culture it's it's the things that all in in concert create the great culture if you don't do it all together in some ways um, it may be futility so I love that that communication can be a um, a very process maybe a process oriented um, is one way we might say it in business but um, that it can be trained and that uh, folks can deploy some simple tools to be more effective. That uh, gives hope. 
<laughs> to a lot of people. I, I look at I look at it very much when I address sales teams or executive teams. I'll tell them, look, you're all vehicles out here. Some of you are pickups, and some of you are SUVs, and some of you are sports cars. It's all good. Mm-hmm. But all of you have to come in and get tuned up every now and then. And it's really no different for your communication, for your sales teams, for your executive team to be tuned into communication. How are you communicating with your team? Well, we send out emails. Well, emails are designed to do certain things. Slack is designed to do certain things. Face-to-face communication is, see what I'm saying? But But we tend to find a track I'm always on Slack. I'm always on uh, text messaging. I'm always Microsoft Teams, whatever. Mm -hmm. But the messages that we have in there belong in other places. They belong face-to-face. They belong on the phone. Yeah, so let's talk about that from from a sales perspective. I mean, over the last two years with COVID, we have taken that face-to-face approach to a sale and had to move it online or social media or you know zoom calls what and i noticed that a lot of salespeople are still having problems getting in front of people getting people to say hey because of the convenience of a zoom but you're not having that same communal integral you know personal touch that you would in having a face-to-face interaction and meeting so how do you combat that as a sales team like what is your recommendation for clients that are in that arena, that are trying and struggling with that. What do, what do you do? We get them to start talking with each other, and then we get them to take that to the outside. But you're absolutely right, Rochelle. We have come out of COVID, and COVID had put this 18, 24-month lockdown on going out and talking to customers. And so the folks that were even good at it got out of practice for two years. The folks that really weren't all that keen on doing it in the first place almost had a justified reason to keep it, yeah. to behave the way they, quote, want to, even though it's not the most effective way to work with customers. So they almost got validated. Now they come out and A, they're no longer, now they're being pushed in a direction that two years gave them a almost a cementing in of their habits. And now it's chipping away at it and trying to break that cement up. So you ask what we do. We come in and remind folks, we take them through kind of a communication 101 about the, the brain and how it responds and how it loves verbs. It doesn't love nouns as much. I, we start with kind of a networking exercise that we do. Mm-hmm. And that's one that just helps people get back to, look, let's say you're at a conference, let's say you're at a gathering, and there are some people there of interest. We do an exercise, and we record it on phones and make it kind of fun, but we do an exercise to show how are you introducing yourself? What does that minute sound like? And if you're really th- that interested in talking with the other person, are you interested in telling them about you or are you interested in learning about them and what's the real purpose of the meeting or of the exchange and of course the answer is well I want to get to meet them so I can hopefully pitch them one day I'm like okay well if that's the agenda then this conversation has to be super interactive it has to have questions it has to have good listening time when we do the exercise I can tell you it doesn't quite look like that when people do it the first time because what does it sound like 
Verbal vomit. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people talking full time because I only have a minute. But again, there's the whole paradigm, right? I only have a minute. My suggestion is a minute of good intro buys you two more minutes. And those two minutes may buy you five more if you're good with interacting, if you're good with asking questions. And that, I think, is what we're trying to get people to unblock from COVID, get out there again. Now, remind us, and I know what it is, but what is your verb when you talk about what you do? So I plumb. I'm a communication plumber. And I, I unclog the pipes of the company. Wherever the communication is clogged up, I clear them. And if we can't clear those pipes, we reroute the new ones. So that's what I do. I unclog in a lot of ways. That's my verb. Now see, What's well, your verb? Don't you see that kind of um, sp- spins that conversation? It sure does. <laughs> You're like, my word. It's got my brain going in all these different directions. I haven't uh, a clue what my verb would be. But um, I'm challenged to think very thoroughly about what is well to plan ahead of conversations if I know that they're going to happen and think about all right my goal is this and having that vision in mind can really help to um, guide my steps I guess is what I'm trying to say Um, we don't start with a lot of goals when we have those interactions Mm -hmm. we see a customer or a potential prospect We make a move to that prospect at a cocktail networking function. We introduce ourselves and believe that the more we explain about who we are, the more interested they are in us, which is just fundamentally wrong. What's everybody's favorite subject? Themselves. Right. What's the old joke? Okay, well, listen, that's enough about me. Let's talk about you. What do you think about me? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I love it. So you have to get people to talk about them. Mm-hmm. And the way you do that is to ask. They say what they're doing. Huh, that's interesting. I, I preach three words all the time. Tell me more. Tell me more. My goodness. Sounds like um, a chapter out of um, How to Win Friends and Influence People. Is it really all that different? It's really what we're doing, right? The, the business of what you're going to sell comes naturally along with the rest of this payload. It all will make its appearance. But the problem is we lead with it so often. Mm-hmm. And no one's interested in our stuff yet. They're more interested in us. Wow. So, so. so I started my, um, my sales career in pharmaceuticals. And one of the biggest things that you always got taught was that doctors are going to write your script because of two reasons. They like you or they actually like the drug. So my goal was always to go in there and befriend the office, befriend the doctor, make him actually like me. Because then if my drug is somewhat subpar, he's still going to write it. That's horrifying. <laughs> but it, it's the truth. It's it not. The, truth. The, the, the classic adage of people like to buy from people that they like is a very true thing. Now, I don't think that necessarily means, <laughs> let's hope it doesn't mean blind pharmaceutical uh, that, are, that are substandard. That said, there cannot, you really can't underestimate Because likability is a neighbor of trust. It's not a synonym for it, but it's kind of a neighbor. That likability is almost the gateway into trust. The more I like you, the more I want to hear from you, and as long as I think you're dealing with me reasonably straight, and I like you, because I like the way you talk about things, I like some of your perspective, I start to rely on you a little bit, and that's where trust ultimately can bloom from. And when you get to trust, you're at the Holy Grail. 
That's amazing. It really reminds me of a customer that we have in Houston who uh, is a, they, they're a, an interior design company, but on a level that is just really profound. I mean, they're doing houses all over Aspen and you know right. all over the world for their customer clientele. Um, <clears throat> I remember being very nervous. I, I, was in, I happened to be in Houston. I'm from Houston. And um, Rochelle had sent me over there to stop in and see if I could move the needle a little bit. They were just kind of dallying a bit. And I walked in first the week before, and I was so nervous I forgot the name of the person I was supposed to be meeting with. And um, so I struggled and very quickly turned around and walked outside and just left. Um, Philip is not a salesperson. Yeah, I'm not. You know, (laughs) he's unintended. Definitely don't feel super super uh, competent at that. And so Monday, however, I went back and. Uh, you know, got my ducks in a row and sat down with the owner of this business and um, really just began kind of unfolding what it is that she was passionate about in terms of her business and and how she operated her business. And uh, she became extremely warm and and very shortly thereafter became a customer. And so there's a very, um, it's all, um, it's all making some sense now. Yeah. It's the, yeah, I'm glad you had a good experience. Uh, yeah, after the were, first. Glad you were able to get up off the canvas and come back, which is a very important characteristic. She sent me back. She wouldn't let me uh, <laughs> delay. But the, the one of our adages is why you do what you do is so much more interesting than what you do. Yeah. And to your point, when you can get the client, customer, prospect to talk about the why, they mm-hmm. do what they do. Yeah. It starts to get to their heart and that's what you want to do you want to get them out of their head and into their heart as much as you can because then what starts to come out uh that's the real you okay good Mm -hmm. and sometimes the real you if if it's real in this case maybe you'll finally get them to talk about their real problems at the office or the real problems with their business you may not like what you hear they may not even like what they're saying but at least it's coming from a place of true authenticity and you've You've conversed with them in a way that they feel like they can share that. And I tell sales folks and executives all the time, you're not there to hear the happy news. You're there to hear the true news. And if you can get them to do that, then you can start to really bring them solutions that come to the things that really are are standing in their way. So the better the interviewer from the salesperson, the better the information you get back. Hmm. Not a new concept. So would you feel like that's part of your philosophy on people management from a management perspective is, you know, just that open communication, honesty, safe space, I guess, if you will call it that? (laughs) Yes. Now, again, I've been through the 80s and the 90s and the 2000s in watching companies of Fortune 500 size and living in those and working with startups after that. And yes, the, the technical correct answer to is honesty the best policy when it comes to communication is, is yes, right? But there is honesty that doesn't help also. Communication doesn't, shouldn't be unfiltered. We've seen this, right, on, uh, frankly, folks who suffer from social filter, even Asperger, th- things in on in this spectrum on in that area you see unfiltered words come out which are very honest but are pretty inappropriate perhaps or at least offensive in in their honesty so 
I do like open communication, but honesty is another subject matter that has to be dealt with when it comes to your product claims, when it comes to, yes, right? But when it comes to performance and really trying to elicit the best results from people, you want to get the best selves out of the people. Right. It's a little hard to do that by saying, your biggest problem is, right? Mm. You seem to have a problem with, these automatically push people down. Yeah, it's right? gonna shut them down. Right. They asked Michelangelo, how'd you create David, right? Well, I started with a block of marble, he says, and I cut away everything that didn't look like David. Mm -hmm. And the joke is meant to me, cut away the things that are getting in the way so the true person can get out, right? That's the goal. And I think with interpersonal and office communication, we just want to get to giving people a chance to be their best product. So that's where I'm about. I wouldn't call it always honest communication, but I'd certainly call it open and encouraging communication. Mm -hmm. Positive reinforcement, it sounds like, a lot of that. And we read this a lot in, across different functions of HR, um, how to motivate teams, how to keep engaged employees. And it really does start with a positive attitude from the top down. It and um, really, beyond that, a positive attitude is really almost impossible without a vision-driven leadership team or a commitment to uh, the various values that they say they espouse. So um, this is all ringing very true. Um, I want to kind of shift a little bit and talk about um, the role of marketing and you know websites. I went and, and looked at your one page. It appears to be a one-page website. I'm scrolling through your one page. And it is super engaging. I kept scrolling and I kept reading and I kept watching the videos. And, um, and I thought, this is clearly from a pro. Um, what role do you have in selling yourself anymore now that you've got a website? I mean, do you even have to sell yourself or is it already done? Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> Wouldn't that be, what a great world that would be. We make a nifty little website and business just rolls in. So. Thank you, first of all, for the compliment about the website. It is brand spanking new. Okay. Literally, Feels very I think fresh. it went live last week or the week oh my. before. I can hit it right in time. So I'm really glad to get the feedback. Thank you. Uh, my designer and I, he's out of uh, New Mexico, spend a lot of time and hours on it to get it where we wanted it to go. My business comes from referral. Mm. Now, when I get referred... Rochelle just made a referral to me recently. And that client, I'm sure, goes right to, where can I find him? He'll look at LinkedIn, oh, there's the Gannon Group, okay. So he looks it up. Hmm. I think the website does have to speak for you in a positive way, but nothing is more powerful than getting recommended. It is the ultimate business. Absolutely, that's how we get right. so much of our business. And that's, I mean, it, it, your close percentage is higher. I mean, the trust is automatically there because someone that you trust is referring you to somebody that they trust. So, I mean, by far the biggest powerful, I think, just way to bring business in is referrals and building those relationships outside by open communication, right? <laughs> I agree. I, there, there we are again. There's trust again. At the same time, if Rochelle recommends me to someone or says and opens up the website and it's a little clunky or it really doesn't make a particularly compelling case your brain's reconciling it right it's like this is a communication pro and hmm, 
It mm, seems like mm. it isn't the most clear direction. So I owe it to myself and to anyone uh, who is wonderful enough to refer that when they get referred, you're going to deliver 110%. Because the minute I get referred, my I have a philosophy. It's my job to make my referrer, in this case Rochelle for, for the recent, look great for doing that. Yeah. I want them to come back. Whether they said yes or no, I want them to come back and go, that was everything that you said, even better, thank you. Yeah. You do that, and your business is going to take care of itself because you're going to make people look good by referring you. Mm -hmm. So the website, I think, has to pay that off. I would not rely on it under any circumstances. <laughs> it's not out there to be an optimized national SEO. If Kraft General Foods is looking for a communication pro, I don't suppose I'm going to the top of their web search, right? Uh -huh. Lots of New York firms, lots of Chicago firms that are all you know, gonna hit that earlier. But I believe it's the business card that makes you, follows on to being heard. Maybe they heard me at a conference and they follow up, anything like that. I just mm -hmm. find that's the, the, real, the real goal of a good website. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Well, we just want to thank you so much for being here today, Bill, with us. I know yeah. you're getting ready on a big move, and we're going to miss you. Well, I won't be too far. You won't be too far. And I'll be coming down for clients all the time, so we plan on making this a regular stop. Can't get – you can live in a lot of cities, but New Orleans is the only city that lives in you. <laughs> I hear that all the so, time. So, um, Bill, tell our listeners where they can find you. Thank you. Yeah, here, if you remember nothing else from this podcast, please know that Gannon is spelled G-A-N-O-N because every one of you will want to spell it with two N's in the middle, which is the Irish, and mine happens to be Turkish, believe it or not. That's where it comes from. And so the Gannon Group, just like it sounds, except the middle is G-A-N-O-N. You can find me on all the social media channels with the Gannon Group. It's interesting, though, on LinkedIn, even though I have a Gannon Group, you'll find more about me under B. Gannon. It was just my original LinkedIn, and that's the one I've stayed with. So just look for B-G-A-N-O-N on LinkedIn, and you'll find me. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us, everyone, and catch us next time on the next edition of Down the HR Rabbit Hole.